Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to a special, they're all been special, Victory Monday podcast. That's right, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they win again. 10-0, baby. That's right. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride podcast. And every single week this season, we have celebrated, rightfully so, on Mondays. And it's been joyous. It's been great. I've enjoyed every second of it. And I love the fact that you're spending some time with me here as a part of this podcast platform, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you follow us, whether that's Google Play, iTunes, a- Anchor, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, Spotify, you name it. Wherever you do if if you just stumbled on this, search Steelers Behind the Steel Curtain. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss a thing. And as always, a lot of people don't realize this, but this is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you check out that website as well. And I want to make something very clear. I have a little loyal fan base of people that love my show. And they always mention me on Twitter and they'll send me emails. And I really do love all of y'all. And I, I want to make sure that you all understand I appreciate everything you do. For those of you that are wondering what the schedule is going to look like for this week's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride, the answer is nothing. Nothing's going to change. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play on Thursday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to have, obviously, today's show on Monday. Wednesday's show will be kind of like a lead up to the game on Thursday. And then Friday's will kind of be like a recap. And then I'll be back in the back in the saddle next Monday. So nothing's going to change. Okay. So if you're sitting there wondering, is, is the schedule going to change when it comes to this show? Nothing is going to change. But you know what? I woke up this morning and I was sick, not physically, 
not mentally, although my wife might disagree that I'm a little sick in the head. Uh, you know, I'm sick of, and this isn't even the headline of the title of this podcast. I'll get to that in a second. I'm sick of justifying wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I'm sick of. I'm sick of people saying, oh yeah, but oh yeah, this, oh yeah, that. No, I'm sick of it. Okay. I'm sick and tired of it. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 10 and 0. I mean, let, let me say this. The people that I'm referencing are typically not Steeler fans. I think most Steeler fans realize this is a crazy wave we're riding right now. Let's hop on that board and let's see where it takes us. But there are other people that I come in contact with. This morning was a, a Ravens fan. Oh, you guys are so lucky. Look, how lucky, whatever. But you know what? I'll play that game. I'll play the game. But I'm sick and tired of having to justify the Pittsburgh Steelers winning their first 10 games. I'm sick of it. Okay, so let's look at Jacksonville. Let's just look at this team that the Steelers just beat 27 to 3. Okay, their last two games, the Jacksonville Jaguars' last two games, uh, you go two weeks ago, they lost to Houston 27 to 25 in a game where Jake Luton, the same quarterback that played against the Steelers on Sunday, threw for 304 yards, and they were close to coming back and beating Deshaun Watson and the Texans. And you might say the Texans aren't any good. The Texans just beat the Patriots at home this past Sunday. Okay, if we're going to play this game, let's let's play the game, right? Okay, next, the following week, the week before they played the Steelers, they go to Lambeau Field, they being the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are so close to upsetting Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They only lose 24 to 20 in a game where Robinson, their running back, he rushes for 109 yards. Rushes for 109 yards. So now they play the Steelers. The Steelers beat them 27 to 3. Luton doesn't do anything. He throws four interceptions. I think he ends up with a 15 quarterback rating. Robinson gets held in check to 73 yards. And yet here we are as Steeler fans having to justify a victory yet again. I'm not doing this anymore. I, I, I'm honestly not doing it anymore. And I'm going to tell all the fans out there, you don't do it anymore either. I don't care if it's Twitter. I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, any other social media platform, or if it's in person, that's fine too. You have someone come at you and say, oh yeah, this, that, and the other. You know what? Set them up, knock them down. That's all you got to say. Set them up, knock them down. 10 games, 10 wins. What else could you ask for? I can't ask for anything else. Boom, done. Don't don't even get in this debate, in, in this avenue, in this venue of justifying victories. We shouldn't have to do it, yet here we are. The Steelers are 10-0. But you know what? Kind of get off my soapbox for a second. And that the main focus of this show, and we're going to do the winners and losers and all that, and I'm going to talk about the AFC picture at the very end of the program, so stay stay with us. But to start off the first segment of this show, I kept on thinking about this, and I was talking with Brian Anthony Davis, and I was talking with Dave Schofield after our post-game podcast yesterday. And I kept on saying, man, I feel like this Steelers team is magical. But not magical. I mean, it's been a, it's been a great year. Don't get me wrong. It's been tremendous. Magical to the point that it always reminds me of, I'll never forget as a kid, I watched this David Copperfield magic show. It was on t- television. It wasn't like pay-per-view or a DVD or a videotape back then, a VHS. And he made a tank disappear. And it was like, you know, now you see it, boom, now you don't. I mean, the, the very traditional magic trick. Or, or <laughs> in some of these instances, it, it, it kind of feels like that's the Steelers. You know, you, now you see something and now you don't. And it's kind of like a magic trick. Sometimes that can be a good thing. 
But sometimes it can be a bad thing. Oh, you think you got it? And it, now it kind of reminds me of the State Farm commercial, which I loved, where the the other insurance agent is is dangling a dollar from the end of a fishing pole, and he goes, "Oh, oh, you almost, you almost got it." You almost got it, and he keeps pulling it away. It's hysterical to me. This is what the Steelers remind me of, this kind of magic show that you just don't know what you're going to get. And right when you think you have a good grasp of what you're going to get, boom, gone. Nope, thought you had it. Nope, no, you didn't. Let's start off because as a, as a person that's an actual teacher, I was told very early on in my teaching career that if you ever have a conversation with a parent or a guardian or if you have a parent-teacher conference, Always finish the conversation with something good. And it's just going to leave them with a good mental. Uh, like The first thing they remember, the last thing they remember, I should say, is going to be something positive. So we're going to do that. I'm going to start with the bad. Okay, this is the magic show that is the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2020. Let's start with the bad. Okay, the now you see it. Now you don't. Boy, does that that sounds a lot like the Steelers offense on Sunday. Okay, the Steelers offense on Sunday on the first and third quarter scored zero points. Zero points. I'll say that again. Yeah, and going into the second quarter on Sunday, they were trailing three to nothing. They stumbled out of the gates both at the beginning of the game and to start the second half. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin, they can they can be as terse as they want with the media and say, oh, well, you know, we're, now you all can stop talking about this or now you can stop talking about that. Well, you know what? Just because you went down the field and scored a touchdown against Tennessee, the only time you've done that this season, by the way, until you start, and I say you as in the coaching staff and the players on the field, start to put together some better starts to these halves, we're going to continue to talk about it. Period. Hey, you, you want to shut me up? Then shut me up by proving me wrong on the field. This is an issue. It's clearly an issue. And so for the Steelers, this is a bad part of the team that needs to be rectified. Okay, I said this during the game on Sunday. The, one of the big differences between the Steelers and, and a team like the Chiefs, and I'll, I'll talk about this more at the end of the show, is the Chiefs' offense is so good that they might have one or two in an entire game, three and out, or drives that just kind of stall, and, and they, they're, they're duds, and they end up in a punt. The Steelers, in the first and third quarters, it was every drive. That's a big difference. That's a big difference, okay? And so... That's one of the bad things. Next, let's go to the running game, shall we? Does it get any more inconsistent? Oh, you thought you had it. Nope. Nope. Pulling the dollar away. Yep. There goes the tank. Uh, the Steelers, they start off the year running the ball really well. Everyone's thinking, wow, this is great balance. This is something we've never seen before. And then all of a sudden, rug gets pulled out from underneath you, and now they're leaning on the pass, which I'm okay with because it's led to victories. But at the same time, when you look at where they were coming into this game was not in a good spot. They were only averaging 3.6 yards per carry, uh, just over 100 yards per game. Now, James Conner rushes for 89. They do go for over 100. As a team, I thought they ran the ball better this Sunday than they had in any game in the past three. They're now averaging 102.2 yards per game, and their uh, yards per carry is up to 3.9. It's not good. It's better. I mean, anything is better. That that 3.6 they were sporting prior to this game was m maybe the worst, if not close to the worst in the National Football League when it came to yards per carry. This is one of those inconsistencies that the Steelers have to fix. And it's a magic show where you get these big chunk yards and then all of a sudden 
the the inside outside runs the, the scheme the blocking nothing seems to flow and so for the Pittsburgh Steelers to be considered a legitimate Super Bowl threat they have to be able to run the ball better than what they have been period have to okay so that's another one one of those up oh, now you see it we saw the running game early now you don't they need to get back to that running game they need to find a way to run it I didn't think it was going to happen overnight I'm not saying that but I thought that it was a step in the right direction so a little bit a little bit of positive there about the running game. Let's go on. Third down offense, atrocious. Third down offense was atrocious. I'll never forget, I think it was Todd Haley's first season as the Steelers offensive coordinator, and they had the best third down offense in the NFL. And I remember watching that team, and I wish I could tell you the year, and I should have done the homework and looked it up. I apologize. It would have been third and 15, didn't matter. You're sitting there watching this game thinking, they're going to convert. They're going to convert. That's all they do is convert on third down. Now you're watching this game and you're thinking, yeesh, I don't know what this offense is going to do. Let's go back to the last three games, okay? You go back to Dallas, they finish five for 13 on third down. Not good. Then you go to Cincinnati, six for 16. Still not good. Jacksonville Sunday, seven for 17. Now I'll get into the third down on Sunday a little bit more in depth in my winners and losers column uh, in that segment of the show. But still, this is an an area where the, the Steelers in terms of the magic show that is this 2020, this magical year, holy cow, this is not a part of it. This is not a part of it. And Ben Roethlisberger said it on, on after the game to the media, they punted the ball too many times, period. They punted it too many times. And I agree with him, 100%. In these games, the team that can put together drives, control the time of possession, and finish drives with touchdowns, Field flipping drives are okay, and they have their spot. If you get pinned deep at your five-yard line, you end up having a drive that's, I don't know, five or six plays. You get out to the 40-yard line, you punt the ball, and now you're pinning them deep. That's okay. I get that. I'm not saying that has to be perfection, but it needs to be better. Speaking of kicking, again, here we go again with these, You know, whether it's Jordan Berry, everyone that listens to my podcast that's listened to me for years knows I'm not a Jordan Berry fan. I'm just not. He is he is the epitome of, boom, 63-yarder. Yeah, now you think you got it? Nope, now you don't. Now, all of a sudden, Chris Boswell yanks that field goal early in the game, and I heard it on Twitter. I said, the last thing this Steelers team needs is to start second-guessing Chris Boswell kicking the ball. And everyone said, oh, it's his first missed field goal of the year. Jeff, you're, you're overreacting. You, there was a bad snap. All I know is that he missed the kick. Period. Yeah, there could have been, there were issues with the snap and there were issues with, you know, I'm, the hold looked good, by the way. I thought that Jordan Berry did a good job getting the hold down. But he's also, and I mean, he is in Boswell, has missed pl- plenty of point afters this year. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You got to be able to do those little things, the things that some take for granted. And trust me, he's not the only kicker that's missed kicks this year. But I mean, my gosh, Jordan, Jordan Berry, He'll have a great game against Cincinnati, and then he'll have some infuriating kicks against Jacksonville on Sunday. A couple times where you're thinking, okay, if they're going to fair catch this ball, it should be inside the 15 or almost inside the 10, or they're going to let it bounce, and you might get a chance to pin them deep. And they're fair catching it at the 20-yard line. That's not a good kick. Again, you think you have something solid, and then boom, you don't. That is what the Steelers have been doing. And this is all bad stuff, so you might be thinking, Listen to this part and thinking, this is awful. 
Jeff is making this sound like the Steelers are, are not a good team. No, these are just the things that they need to work on. Mike Tomlin said it. The only thing perfect about this team is our record. And that stands true. Last thing that's bad before I move on to the good is the run defense. Okay. They've allowed a hundred plus yards in the three of their last four games on the ground. That's, you know, going back to Dallas, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens. Now they didn't allow that on Sunday, only allowed 73 yards, but they're giving up 103.4 a game. That is still a top five number, but I think every Steeler fan, I speak for every Steeler fan when I say, if they can get back to just being a little bit more suffocating, because again, we were tempted with this. We were tempted by this early in the season and we were tempted by this shutting Saquon Barkley down to 15 yards and, and Melvin Gordon being a non-factor and outside of one 73 yard run by Miles Sanders, they were as dominant as they come in the run game. Got to get back to that. Got to get back to that. Well, let's go to the good. Might be running a little long. I apologize. I don't think you'll mind. Okay. So the good side of things always finish on the good. Holy cow. The takeaways. And this is literally, now you see it as in, up oh, the offense has it, and nope, now you don't. The defense has taken it away. They have four interceptions of Jake Luton on Sunday. Their plus-minus differential is plus 12. That leads the National Football League, folks. Leads the NFL. Plus 12. That plus 12 is two better than the second-place team, which is Tennessee, and it's four better than the third team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, at plus eight. But look at this numbers. I mean, they've had 21 takeaways, 15 interceptions. They've had nine turnovers, five interceptions, and four fumbles for a plus 12. Literally, now you see it. Now you don't. They take it away better than anyone else in the NFL. Everyone said, can they really rely on those takeaways again after 2019? looks like yes. It looks like they actually can. Let's go to another good thing. This is something that's not actually related to the, the defense. Everyone's going to think, oh, all the good stuff. Jeff's, Jeff just railed off on, all the, on the offense in the last sex, section. No, the red zone offense has been great. Has been great. They're averaging 69.4 success in this 2020 season. So in other words, this is only when they convert a touchdown. So they're converting touchdowns in the red zone almost 70% of the time. That's a good number. And then the last three games, they're converting touchdowns 77.7%, even better. So right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers red zone offense up. The defense thinks he held us to a field goal. Magic show. Nope. Touchdown. That is what has been the difference, in my opinion, when you don't have those gaudy offensive numbers. And the Steelers don't. They don't. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't. No receiver has them. The running game doesn't. No one has those numbers on offense. It's because they're converting in the red zone. That is something that is awesome to see. Now, also, let's go to the next one. I was going to focus on two players, but after I started looking up some statistics, I'm like, I got to talk about more than just two. Right when you think a defense, you want to talk about the, the ultimate magic trick, right when the defense thinks, okay, we're going to key on this player. We're going to stop this player. Unless that player's name is Ben Roethlisberger, good luck. Listen to these numbers for the Steelers so far this season. This is collective yardage receiving. Chase Claypool leads the team with 559 yards receiving. He has 10 total touchdowns, eight of them receiving. Deontay Johnson second with 537 yards, four touchdowns. Then Juju Smith-Schuster, 535 yards, five touchdowns. Eric Ebron, 359 yards, four touchdowns. There you go. Those are four players that are over 350 yards receiving, and all of them have at least four touchdowns. Talk about spreading the wealth. 
a defense is not going to be able to scheme up stopping all of these guys. That's what's so dangerous. And you throw in James Washington, who's still contributing. You throw in Ray Ray McLeod, who's still contributing. This team, in, in terms of the offense, is as dynamic as they come. As dynamic as they come. Let's go to another place where, right, again, you think you're going to scheme up to stop this one guy, and another group is going to kill you. Let's talk about the sacks. They have 38 sacks now, which is leading the NFL. TJ Watt, nine. Stefan Tuitt, seven. Bud Dupree, eight. Vince Williams, three. Mike Hilton, three. Cam Hayward, two. And six players, all with one lone sack. Again, tell me how you stop the Steelers from sacking the quarterback. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars had the perfect plan. We're going to, hey, three-step drop, get the ball out of your hands, Jake Luton. We don't need you holding onto the ball. Well, after a while, when you're trailing by two scores, you have to get rid of the ball. And when you have to not just get rid of the ball, you have to take shots downfield. Dinking and dunking your way down the field is not going to win you the game when you're trailing by two scores in the second half. Then he had to start dropping back, you know, six, seven, eight-step drops, and what happened? Two sacks, okay? So it wasn't gaudy numbers, but still, this team, in terms of, this taking it away, tremendous from a sack standpoint. And then lastly, the ultimate magic show has been this Steelers 10 and 0 record. The it's it's been the ultimate. It's been incredible to watch. Every single week, they find a different way to win. Every single week. It's been incredible to see this group, whether it's a, a stifling defense the last two weeks that we've seen, or whether it's an offense that's able to put up. 30 points per game that that might go down a little bit might go down to just around 30 or just under 30 since they only scored 27 but man this has been a heck of a ride and that magic show continues but they, this is what we've seen from the Steelers no one knows what you're gonna get that can be good that can be bad speaking of good and bad winners and losers that's coming up right after this break stay tuned Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast family. All right, let's get let's get down to brass tacks, as I always call it, brass tacks. And talking about winners and losers, I had seven winners and two losers here. Seven winners and two losers after this game in week 11 down in Duval County, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And my top winner, I, I got to be honest, I don't think that he's been in my winner's column more than I could probably count him on one hand. That's for sure. Terrell Edmonds, folks. Terrell Edmonds, four tackles, two solo, two pass defenses, i.e. two interceptions. He has been a whipping boy for the Steelers fan base for a long time, and he's done it with a smile on his face. He's played a ton of snaps since his rookie year. 
Remember, remember when Morgan Burnett was supposed to be the guy that he was going to play behind and they were just going to use him sparingly. Burnett gets injured early and often. And all of a sudden he was thrust into the starting role and he's been the starting players ever since this game though. What you got to see was what it would look like if Edmonds was an actual playmaker in the back end, not just a solid tackler, not just a guy that's always playing, not just a guy that's in the right spot at the right time. No, none of that. This is an example of what you saw. And it was a big difference, by the way, a big difference was Terrell Edmonds as a playmaker makes this defense look even more dynamic than it already was. He deserves to be on the winner's list. He deserves to be the top winner because a lot of people call him a, a loser every week, but he was a winner on Sunday. There's two picks, especially that second one where he tipped it up in the air and caught it. Man, tremendous stuff. Next winner, his partner in crime back there in the deep secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick, five tackles, three solo, two pass defenses, i.e. two interceptions. Minka Fitzpatrick, or as I say it, 2019 Minka Fitzpatrick has now entered the chat, meaning last season we saw a player who was always in the right place at the right time. It didn't matter what was going on. Always in the right place at the right time. And here we go again. He has four interceptions on the on this season. These tip balls are just finding their way into his hands. He's a smart player. He knows where the quarterback's looking. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time. What you saw, though, and I said this about Edmonds, I'll say it again. If you have Fitzpatrick and Edmonds back there that are big-time playmakers, holy cow, this defense would be, man, it would be superb. We'll just put it that way. It would be superb because when you look at the playmakers up front, if you have them in the back end, you have a complete, a complete defense as complete as you get in the national football league. Everyone always says Terrell Edmonds is the weak link of the defense. If he and Fitzpatrick are playmate making plays in the back end, like they did on Sunday, I don't think there is a weak link. We'll just put it that way. Next winner, Ben Roethlisberger finishes 32 of 46, 267 yards, two touchdowns, one interception for an 89.7 rating. Now, the interception at the end of the half was bad, and I'll be the first to say it. I, I know that Ben would probably be the, the next person to say it, but you know what? Anytime that the Steelers can give Roethlisberger a rest at the end of the game, it's a good day. It's a good day. They had their struggles at time, but the distribution to the weapons was impressive. Period. Very, very impressive. Did you know the five receivers had four receptions or more on the day? I thought that that was... Tremendous, but it seems like Roethlisberger's found a new favorite target, and that's my next winner, Deontay Johnson. 12 receptions, 111 yards, 9.3 average, 16 targets. That was a great game by Deontay Johnson, and maybe it's his route running. He's so good at creating space. Or maybe it's his big playability after the catch, or I don't know what it is, but he's racked up 100-plus yards for the second game in a row. But you know what? Everyone always says, you know, Johnson's that dink and dunk guy. He's going to catch it underneath, yards after the catch. Second straight game, he's made big plays down that left sideline. Look for that to be a play, a factor moving forward. Because don't you know, I'm not, these guys aren't dumb, okay? Randy Feeder and Ben Roethlisberger might have their lapses. Not saying that, I'm not saying they're perfect, but... With that said, don't think that they're not looking at how defenses are playing Deontay Johnson and saying, we can get them with some double moves here. They're going to bite on these in routes, these slants. We can burn them on some double moves. They have Deontay Johnson has been stepping up his game big time. It's great to see him develop. Next winner, you might be shocked, James Conner, 13 carries, 89 yards, a 6.8 average. You know, I, I said it earlier in the, in the earlier segment, 
Connor's been the whipping boy for the fan base when it comes to the offense. It's been Edmonds on defense. It's Connor on offense. It's just the guy that they love to hate. And I don't think that the issues with the Steelers running the football have all been on Connor's shoulders. I, I play calling has been bad at times. Scheme has been bad at times. And, and obviously blocking has been an issue at times. But Connor, when given the opportunity, meaning when he gets a hole, when you actually give him space, I feel like he can still make plays. I, I still feel like he can make plays and, you know, he can get the job done. So James Conner, a 6.8 yard average. Yeah, that's good enough to find your way on the winner's list. Next, Chase Claypool, four catches, 59 yards, 14.8 average, and he did score a touchdown. I mentioned he has 10 on this on the season, eight of those receiving. That's incredible. 10 touchdowns in 10 games should get him on the winner's list anyways. But I was, I keep on going back to when they drafted Claypool and I'm looking at his film from, from Notre Dame. Looking at his size, 6'4", 238, runs a 4'4", 440. He's just a physical specimen. I never thought that they would get this from him so soon. I, I, I To put it this way, I guess I was expecting more Martavis Bryant 2.0. If you remember Martavis Bryant's rookie season? He didn't even play often early on, and then they started putting him in around game six. He started making catches, touchdowns, and then he really turned it on the second half. I was expecting that. Never did I see this coming, but it's been an, a tremendous surprise. Chase Claypool is he 59 yards. Doesn't look like it's that big of a deal. He also drew some big defensive pass interference calls. He has been doing that maybe more than anyone other than Deandre Hopkins. He is a threat to go because Ben Roethlisberger said it best. Let me just put it this way. Ben Roethlisberger said he's such a, he's such a big guy. He's a big body. He's a strong guy. And he's also fast. He's that specimen. So I think Chase Claypool has been a very pleasant surprise for everyone involved, including the fan base. Next and final winner of the game, Bud Dupree. Stat line, three tackles, two solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass defense, and one quarterback hit. You could definitely tell that the Jaguars were saying, we are not going to let TJ Watt kill us. He is not going to be the guy. He's not going to do it. Not today. No, no. I get it. And when this happens, it's up to Dupree to win. He has to win his matchup, and he did that. He did it. Dupree was dynamic, man. He flashed on more than one occasion. I think that the sacks were hard to come by early in this game. Jake Luton was getting rid of the ball quick. Uh, it doesn't mean he was completing passes, but he was getting rid of the ball quick, and Dupree even then was living in the backfield all game. I thought it was a great performance by by Dupree. Um the numbers might not show it, but when you watch the game, he flashes on the screen on more than one occasion. Let's go to the loser side. You might say, what losers do you have? Well, I mentioned this earlier in the program. Third down offense. Seven for 17 on third downs against this defense is not, not acceptable, period. This 27-3 score, I think it's a little deceiving. The Steelers dominated on defense. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, but far from dominated on offense. I thought Jordan Berry was called on way too many times, and it, it was because of the team's failures on third downs. Don't forget, first and third quarters skunked. The Steelers scored zero points in the first and third quarters. That's not good football. That's not good offense. The Pittsburgh Steelers have to pick it up on third downs moving forward. And lastly, running back by committee, the old RBBC. And what's the stat line there? It's simple. It isn't working, period. You know, for about the third game in a row, the Steelers' game plan, you can kind of see it is, we're going to get Connor the ball. Okay, he's going to get the series, the first drive, whatever that is. Then we're going to get Snell in there. 
Then we're going to get McFarland in there. And the whole time you're thinking, okay, this is fine. But at the same time, you're like, okay, geez, I don't, it's just not working. It doesn't look right. There's no rhythm. There's no, the offensive line doesn't seem to be cohesive with anyone. And it might be because they're not just sticking with someone. Someone that I've listened to a lot of throughout his career was Ramon Foster. And now that he's actually retired, you can hear a lot more of him and his thoughts on different platforms. He does on the, he's in the radio down in Tennessee where he lives. Ramon Foster always talked about how it was so different blocking for Connor than it was for Le'Veon Bell. He would say how with Le'Veon Bell, you just had to kind of hold your block for maybe one extra second and Bell would pick his spot and go. Connor, you got to get off the blocks. You got to hit him and you got to move him quick because Connor's going to have one step and he's going downhill. He said, or else he's going to run right up your back. And so with this, everyone is different. Benny Snell runs differently. Connor, McFarlane. I think it's time that the Steelers, as great as it is on paper, and as a fan base, we love to talk about this stuff. As great as it is on paper to sit there and say, the Steelers should go running back by committee, get everyone involved, see if you can get a big play from Anthony McFarlane or something like that, or, you know, with James Conner, you know, you got to keep him healthy. You need him healthy. It, it It's great on paper to say all that stuff, but when you see it in live time, it's just not working. So you know what? Mike Tomlin's a bell cow guy, and James Conner is his bell cow back. Give it to him early and often. And let's ride him to see how far we can go. Let's hope he stays healthy. The Steelers aren't running the ball that much anyways, but that's a loser. It's a loser. The running back by committee approach is just not working. All right. Last thing I want to talk about today. Okay. Is the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers win. They remain atop the AFC at 10 and 0. Perfect. They're perfect. Okay. Next you go to the Kansas city chiefs. It was something I didn't realize by the way. Anyone else know that the Steelers point differential is plus 124 plus 124. That is best in the NFL by far. The second team is second team in the AFC standings. The Kansas city chiefs are plus. I'm sorry. That's the best in the AFC best in the AFC Kansas city chiefs are plus one Oh seven plus one Oh seven. And you know, I stayed up late last night and, and I'm, I just checked the 124 is the best in the league, not just in the conference. So I, I went to, I stayed up and watched the Chiefs game. I thought maybe the Raiders could pull pull out a, a second win against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs' offense is legit. The Chiefs' defense is is very very suspect, very suspect. So the Chiefs are nine and one. Steelers are ten and zero. And then after that, you get into this jumbled up mess: the Bills, the Colts, the Titans, the Browns, all seven and three. Then the mess gets even uglier. The Raiders, the Ravens, the Dolphins uh, are all six and four. And then you have this giant gap of the haves and the have nots. The six and four, there's no 500 team right now. There's no one with a five and five record. Then you have the Broncos, the Patriots uh, uh, that are four and six. And then after that, it's just a bunch of, 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 it gets worse. We'll put it that way. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, to me, this isn't any more about for the Steelers. It's not about the division. It's kind of never been about the division, but at this point in time with the Ravens at six and four and the Browns at seven and three and the Steelers don't play the Browns until week 17, there's a really good chance that things are locked up, whether it's the first round by or whether it's their, their spot in the playoffs aren't, aren't, isn't going to change win, lose or draw. I'm not worried about the Browns with the Ravens on Thursday night with the Steelers. That this is, this changes everything. When they lost that game in overtime to the Titans on Sunday, it changes everything six and four and 10 and zero. If the Steelers were to somehow lose 
and the Ravens move to seven and four, they still have a stronghold on the division. They still have a stronghold. The Ravens are still looking up at them with this ridiculous hill to climb. So I'm not concerned about that. But you have to be concerned if you're thinking about that first round bye. You don't want to have to play in the wild card round. You got to keep an eye on the Kansas City Chiefs. Period. You have to worry about the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Because holy cow, the the Kansas City Chiefs are nine and one, and they keep winning. And you can't tell me that they look like they're going to slow down at any time. Let's look at what the Chiefs have coming up on their schedule. Next week's a big one. Four twenty five at Tampa Bay. Then they play the Broncos division game, Sunday night football. It's going to be tough. Then at the dolphins at the saints, then the Falcons and the chargers to finish it up. Let's not go be so quick to think that the chiefs are just going to win out here, folks. But this is what's great. What's great is that here I am talking to you all about the Steelers AFC chances. That's what's great. The chance to win, get a first round bye. That's what's great. That's what's so much fun is that the Steelers are taking care of business. 10 and 0. Number one team in the NFL. Number one team in the AFC. Number one team in the AFC North. There you have it. We went through a lot of stuff today. I'm, <laughs> I think one of the reasons I did that was because on this game being on Thursday, I kind of had to jam as much into this show because Wednesday's show is going to be previewing that Thursday game. It's going to be all focused on the Ravens. So I wanted to make sure I get this. I thank you for staying with me. I went a little bit long. I hope you don't mind, but nonetheless, with that said, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you follow us, find us search Steelers with behind the steel curtain and subscribe, follow whatever you got to do. So you don't miss a thing, not just my shows, but Tuesdays let's uh, live Mike. Thursday's uh, Stat Geek. This week it won't be on Thursday. It'll be Sunday. Um, we'll give you a rundown of that. All our all of our afternoon shows, you don't want to miss a thing. And as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. There you have it, folks. The Steelers are 10-0. Yeah, celebrate. Celebrate. That's right. Yes, 10-0. Perfect. Gosh, darn it, that feels great. I hope you have a great day. I hope that your Monday has been tremendous. I hope that this week is off to a great start. You're wearing your black and gold around town, shoving it in everyone's face because that's what you should be doing. That's right. Sore, sore winners. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, in the meantime, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Steelers win. We'll see you on Wednesday. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.